Welcome to episode 103 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. Loads of action to recap this week with the final of the Diamond League in Eugene, a fast half marathon in Copenhagen, 10k action from Swansea and a swift 5k in Battersea. But before all of that, in a week which saw a new 20 mile per hour speed limit rolled out across Wales, let me welcome to the show a guy who will now have to slow down his easy bike rides to comply with the new rules. How's your week been, Joshua? Yeah, all good, thank you. That do you know what, that rule I've seen a few uh, like jokey TikToks. It's ridiculous, isn't it? I actually think it's it's gonna cause more hassle than it's worth. Or like more danger than it's worth. Why? I just want to Because understand. I think it's just gonna piss more people off, which will make unnecessary judgment calls. Like, in a residential area, why do you need to do more than twenty? Just it's not like, just residential, it's literally everywhere. Like yeah, yeah. Anywhere but, which is 30. But I do think in residential areas, no need. Get more people on the bikes, jogging. But they have to slow down. Well, no, people can. The, the argument is that it will encourage people to do other things because they're just as quick as using the car. Have I you, mean, seen, I, have you I, seen people in Cardiff? Yeah, I saw, I saw something on social the other day. It was in America and this guy's office was like across a like main road and he reversed out of his driveway across the main road into his office and got yeah. out. That's, yeah. It's, it's not gonna, all it's going to do, it's just going to add time onto journeys. But anyway, I don't want to dwell on it. No, um, that's fine. What, no. What, one thing I will say, as I mentioned to you before we started, the time is here. It's tracksuit season. It's begun today. Yeah. And if I get distracted this evening... For the first time ever, Ipswich are playing whilst recording, so unfortunate timing. But anyway, let, let me welcome my other co-host this evening, who, um, much like a motorbike, is too tired to even contemplate hitting a 20-mile week, let alone go to 20 mile per hour. I think it's going, Shona. Good. Very good. Your joke, that is. Things are actually going terribly, so uh, I've, had a, I've had a rough weekend, and it's disrupted marathon training. But you know what, Shane? In your face, I don't know if it's just because you've had a shave. You're looking very rosy, very, very cheery, very young. Oh my! It's the yeah. Yeah. compared to, certainly compared to Aaron, at least. Aaron looks very old. Yeah, yeah, that's what life does to you, boys. Anyway, um, let's go into some training weeks. Josh, why don't you kick us off? Um, you had a pretty, pretty big week, but seems to have ended with a bit of a a niggle. So. Why don't you go for that? Uh, we're over that now. We're over that, but I will. <laughs> so, um, the a week last Sunday, I uh, I actually had off. So Monday was the um, the day after that, as it is every week. But I did eight miles with uh, the Nasher and um, Sam Borum. It's basically normal loop down to Butte Park, little lap and back. Um, so that was yeah, eight miles, six thirties. Nice to have a bit of company. Then Tuesday morning, um, I jumped on the bike uh, for my sort of double. Um, did 35 minutes on uh, Zwift. So 
my turbo is still a little bit temperamental, but it does seem to have worked recently, which is good because the weather's been pretty shit. Um, I don't, I still don't know the cause of why. It, well, it's something Bluetooth related, I think. I don't know what exactly, but um, yeah. So yeah, just easy bike. Then in the evening, I did eight by a K. Um, I was umming and ahhing where to do this. Um, I was going to do it on the cycle path, which is marked out every 200 meters. I, I, one place I didn't want to do it was on the track because the my key, it wasn't my keys wasn't bad at the beginning of last week, but I knew my calf was quite tight. Um, so I was just trying to minimize pissing it off, basically. Um, so I just thought, oh, I'm just going to do it around uh, Butte Park. There, There is a little a small loop there, which is a K, but there's a bend in it, which is 120 degrees. And I just didn't really want to go around it. So I just thought, fuck it. I'm just going to go on my watch. Um, and that was okay. I did, so eight by K of 90 second jog. Um, with a little bit of sort of Soleil CPR in the middle of some of them. Because basically, it, it, my calf builds up this tightness, which you can kind of massage and it goes away for probably a good rep or two. Um, so yeah, but that, that was quite quite a frequent feature of my week. I was going to wait, but, you know, throughout your last however long, 10 weeks, what have you been back running, maybe more? Yeah. Have you ever gone away completely for period of days or has it always been like a one or a two out of mm, ten? yeah i would say i wouldn't say always but i would say most of the time and is that what is expected or does the physio yeah yeah alex said that that is expected as long as it doesn't get worse it's okay but i would say at the end of last week i'll come to that it was probably starting to get worse um but we've taken some precautionary measures so yeah, a by k, um, average two fifty eight. Got Ed on the bike. Um, so the first four kind of biked beside me, and I was like, "If you're going to bike, get in front," um, which was good. Then Wednesday, um, I did eight miles. Left this one far too late. So I was in London, um, and I ran from my uncle's house. One thing I can tell you. If you run in London at 7.15 in the evening for an hour, it gets dark. It doesn't get dark that late in Cardiff. Well, maybe it probably would at the end. But um, yeah, it was pitch black around Hampstead Heath. So I, um, if you look at the elevation on this run, right, the, there is a mile in the middle, which was, I, I wouldn't even, downhill doesn't do it justice. It was fucking vertical, like miles three to four. I had no control over my legs. Um, I, I can't believe I only ran six oh five. I was very shocked by that. It's which it's it always seems like you're going faster in like dusk or dark. I when I saw this, I thought you'd um you'd ventured into the park at those times of hours when it can get a bit <laughs> interesting, and you just um got a bit of adrenaline after seeing what's happening. What's the group called on a Tuesday night at Battersea? <laughs> Not sure what is this? Yeah, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, I'll copy for Yeah, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so yeah, so I ended at eight miles average, six thirties. Uh, but yeah, that was like basically three miles pretty uphill. 
and then one mile very steep downhill and then i was like oh i don't really want to go around in the dark so i basically did loops around my uncle's flat um and then went back so yeah that was all right then thursday i made a poor decision i had a double on the bike i really really didn't want to do it in the morning i woke up late i thought oh, I'll, I'll do a lunch lunch came around i didn't do it so i went to battersea did my session one of the listeners, Scott, met me there actually on the bike, um, which was very handy because I felt horrendous. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was maybe it wasn't. It was because I didn't bike. Maybe my legs were just a little bit tired. I don't know. But I had two miles, one mile, two miles, one mile with two minute jog, one minute, two minute, one minute. And I just felt really bad. I would like to say that there might have been a bit of GPS wandering where my watch was slower, but as I said to Scott during it, what, yeah, a lot of the time you're going to get benefits. So I'm just happy to take this as the opposite of that. Good um, Good so, yeah, I mean, what's the point of making it sound better than it is? I felt shit. I mean, it could have said 450s. I just still felt shit. Could have said 520s. And, I mean, we weren't a million miles away from that. So um, the two miles I ran 10, 11. Then 5.05, then 10.18, and then five minutes. And I felt the best on the five minute. I, the other thing is, I, I don't know if it takes me just like five miles of effort to actually get warmed up. But genuinely, I, the first rep I, really takes me a little bit of get going. And I felt this on the Ks, actually. When I, once I'd done sort of four Ks on the Tuesday, I was like, oh, I feel a bit lively now. Um, but the first four, I felt like I was barely moving. You're, there is seemingly something up with your watch. The fact that the whole second half of that session, or the whole of the session, the main session, Battersea is not 45 feet downhill, down one end, and not yeah, yeah. like four yeah. feet up. It's pretty well, flat, isn't the it? The other thing is, Scott was timing it, and he was getting fast. He was probably getting about five seconds faster, but as I said, you win some, you lose some with your watch. So Always go to the fastest watch. Yeah, I mean, generally, I, I would. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, as I said to Rob, just felt a bit shit, but got it done. Um, and then I thought, oh, you know what? I haven't done my bike. So <laughs> I finished my worn down, jumped on the bike at five past nine, uh, and then did some core and some now, calf work. At what point did you think this is a bad decision? Because... You've just you just described a session where you felt shit in your own words. Yeah, but gone. I'm going to put some more work into my body. Um, I didn't think it really as a bad decision in that sense. More just because it was late, and I certainly wasn't going hard. Let's put it that way. I was sat playing Clash of Clans on the spin bike. What, but when did you recover? Did you have food? Uh, yeah, I got food on the way home. Oh, in between the in between the session and the bike. No, 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 no. So I did the bike in the gym at Battersea, and, and then got the tr train to my uncle's. Yeah, but you started the session at six fifty. So, what? Finish your run up, and you start your bike at nine oh six. So you're not done your bike to half nine. It's a long period of not eating after a session. Um, well, if you let check the elapsed time, I bet there probably wasn't. Wasn't what? Sorry, 
Otherwise. Much time, bet- much time between finishing the session and doing the bike. Yeah, no, I went in. Oh yeah, yeah, I know it's a good, it's a big period of not yeah. not eating it for sure. Um, I worse than that, I actually ordered some pasta because I'm staying at my uncle's and there's there's nothing at his house at the moment, um, and there's no cutlery, so I had to eat pasta with my fingers, which was a fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, I also had a little bit of a cheesecake. I just scooped that out with my finger. So all in all, not the best evening in the world. Um, but back at it, 8.15 in the morning, woken up by the chimney sweep. Went out six miles on Hampstead Heath again. Is that a euphemism? Uh, no, no, no. It was a, jet, uh, a chimney sweep woke me up. Um, and I tagged Jack Ellis in this because he always takes the piss. Well, he took the piss out of me for running too late. Uh, or generally, but he, he actually trains at like stupid times, like quarter to six. Um, so yeah, that one was for him. Again, it done before nine. So that was six miles, 639s. Again, pretty much the first two miles uphill. Then a nice little downhill, which was quite nice. And as it was light, I managed to go on quite a lot of nice trails, which was um, quite nice, actually. Then Saturday. Um, so Saturday, I said I'd run with Kian on the park run. He was doing a bit of a faster run. Um, but actually, I, I kind of, I basically said no to him because my Achilles was a little bit tender. I just did it. I didn't really need to run any quicker. Um, so he wanted to run sort of 5.15s, 5.20s. But I said I'd probably meet him because um, he was doing the park run. And randomly, as I got to the start of the park run, I heard my name. And it was Josh Grace and Steve Connor. And they were on Steve Connor's stag do. So uh, it's quite funny. So I did the park run, but I just ran at the same pace I was running anyway. Uh, and then warmed down with them for a little bit. Um, so yeah, it was quite funny. Uh, so yeah, 10 miles, 6.14s. And that I felt, I felt all right. Um, I stopped like twice, three times to just massage my sedatus again. And then Sunday, it's kind of been a, a theme really. Just not really wanting to run in the morning because it's been a little bit uncomfortable which in hindsight was a terrible decision because the formula one was on i watched copenhagen i mean i was just postponing it and i thought fuck it i'm just gonna have to go there was thunderstorms in cardiff and i was like what would aaron do so i walked to the gym put top well what would aaron do if he chose to run (laughs) because what you would actually do is not run Put Top Boy on, downloaded Netflix for the first ever time, set an account up, then put ne- uh, Top Boy on and just went on the treadmill. So I did 16 miles, 613s. I, well, I say it says 613s. That was actually on my watch, but I did 15.5 miles an hour for the, uh, no, kilometers an hour for the yeah. whole time. So I don't know what that is. So, well, it's probably 16, not. 16 kilometers an hour, six minute mile in. Yeah. So it's probably not a million miles away. The first one was a little bit slower. Um, I just did, yeah pause for the first like mile and then that so uh again i stopped like three times just to, to massage muscle but the good news is i saw um gareth today for massage and as i was saying to aaron my perineal was so tight when he was massaging a bit of it my foot was basically spasming and i got like pins and needles so it's it basically is so tight it's like my nerve is touching my nerve and that's kind of how it felt it's not really been necessarily my Achilles as much. It's more a horrible sensation, the whole of my ankle um, and my tib and 
I don't know the full name, Shane, you can help if anyone's interested, but that was basically really tight. And I think what I've effectively done is overdone the gym. So I've been doing like a, a tibialis raise and I think that's probably just pissed off because it's on my left side was really weak on my tib compared to my right. So I think that's probably not helped. So I'm seeing Alex tomorrow just to um, like basically yeah, safety check. But yeah, all good. I did eight miles tonight and it was fine. I think, um, <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I was you, wouldn't just hone in on the gym in terms of, oh, it's just that. You just, I'd, I'd have a look at everything you're doing in general. Um, like, just listen to you go through this week. You've had some reasonably hard sessions. A long, a, run, a long run on the treadmill is probably not ideal for it either because it means every single foot strike is the same, basically. Um, that combined with the gym, the bike, late nights, early mornings. So it's more just, if I if I was Alex, I'd be also, I'd be thinking on that micro level, but also thinking actually, on the whole, this week has probably been actually a bit of a step up as well. So Yeah, I mean, gradually my mileage has been creeping up. Well, your mileage uh, and the intensity, anyway. the intensity as well. Um, and if you think about the job that the perineals do, so they basically have ankles, big ankle stabilizers. Um, so quite important for running. <clears throat> and when we when we run, we use them loads. Uh, it's quite common to get quite tight it's in there for runners. Um, so it's probably just the whole weekly training load, including the gym, rather than just because I think if you just hone in on the gym and keep ramping your mileage up and it doesn't change, you're sort of you're missing a you're missing a trick there. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the the other thing as well is where I was running in London, so I ran three days pretty much, and it's pretty hilly there, um, yeah. which probably might have aggravated it a little bit as well. But yeah, and if you're on, if you're on the trails in <clears throat> if you're on the trails in Hampstead Heath as well, like again, it's more work for those muscles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Josh um, but yeah, a ninety five percent grass man. He'd only go on a run if he could go on ninety five percent grass. So change man he's just a road man these days that's top boy cardiff smells like 95 percent grass right um josh what's your mileage i don't know if he's lost us it seems a bit confused my... can you hear me yeah yeah oh my headphones just randomly died um my mileage was 74 so yeah again uh... solid solid right shano um you didn't have the best weekends, let's put it that way. So, why don't you talk us through your Monday to Friday? Monday to Friday, all right. Um, I do actually have my training diary up. So, yeah, I started the week uh, normal, which is on a Monday. So, that tends to happen. Um, and I think I just did an easy run, 70, where is it? Did I have it up? There it is. Um, yeah, 70, just under 75 minutes, 10.3 miles, 7.14 pace. Um, no notes, probably pretty un- uneventful. Um, on Tuesday, we went up to the uh, to the track and did a session around the cycle track. Um, so the week before, obviously, we did six-minute efforts, a threshold in the heat. This was absolutely fucking miserable. It was freezing cold, raining, so windy... Ah, uh, oh, it's just yeah, grumpy about it. But winter's just come in a week. Um, so we thought well, it won't make anything too hard. So we did because I found the week before quite hard. I wanted to make a session where I was getting a bit more volume in, but kind of in an easier manner. 
So we did 12 times the Evan Scott Leap, which is the small cycle track around Yarbrough. Hmm? What was that? I, don't I think it was my headphones reconnecting. We're back. Um, we're back. Good. So, yeah. Sorry, did quick, you... quick question. Um, I was thinking this week, have we all become much, much softer or has the weather got much, much worse? Because so, do I, I thought this as well. You go back to when we used to just do sessions or winter, you know, rain or shine, Tuesday, Thursday, even Saturdays sometimes. We just did a session at the same time. There'd be no real thought. Of, it was always windy, but we got them done. Now, I feel like every week I moan <laughs> about the weather in some shape or form. And I know it's very British, but anyway, do you think it was soft or it's getting worse? I 100% know I'm getting so soft. Like, is it, is it, is it also because we've now got more flexibility, whereas you used to sort of have to, because everybody was doing the session, whereas now we can play around for it a lot more? I do think it's part of that. And then also, like on Tuesday last week, I think I, I, I can't remember, I don't think I had any appointments in my diary. So I think I just like worked from home all day, or I think I had maybe some in the morning and then worked home in the afternoon. So I just watched the weather get worse and worse and worse. Um, so I think that's, I do, I, I do agree. I think I am getting soft, definitely. I think we all are. And um, I do think it is that flexibility. Where yeah, when you're younger, it's just, you go to the track, you know what time it is. But then it does help when you've got a big group there to train with. It does make running in those conditions a little bit easier and a little bit better. Yeah, I, th- I think the group thing's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. So anyway, you had 12 by... What, so it's basically like what is it like 800 and something 830 odd meters i think um i think i worked out afterwards that a five five minute mile pace i think would be like a 235 lap okay. uh, so did the first one in 242 that felt awful and then 238 and 236 to be honest i was quite happy around that i start to feel better obviously got into it uh, and 238, 237, 234, 236, 237, 235, 237, 236, 238. So all pretty comfortable, to be fair. Um, by the end, yeah, I felt really good. I kept moaning at Ronnie because every time it was his rep, he kept bombing it off into the wind. And I don't have much variation of pace at the moment. So I was like getting knackered for the first minute. And then we were slowing down. Um but yeah, quite happy. Again, rough conditions. I did a three and a half mile warm up ish, two and a half mile cool down. So for the day, got a, probably about thirteen miles, and I think, um, just under. So that was pretty good. Uh, Wednesday, I did a run after work. So I've had a bit of a um, an interesting week, and so on. Th- on Wednesday, I did my run. Did ten miles of running from work. Um, seven oh nine pace, and then when we when I finished the run, I had to do some cow mush training. So, we the part run that I'm RD for goes from work, so it's from Doddington Hall, and there's a lot of farmland, and we've got cows that are going to be grazing in the fields that the part run course goes through, and notoriously playful cows, so. We kind of need to learn how to move them if we can. To move them. 
got it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I was sat on the back of a pickup truck going down to a field, um, with uh, with varieties, and we we're learning how to move some cows. I did not do it very well. I startled them, and that's not what you're meant to do. They can't. They can't just roam across a footpath. Um. Yeah, we hope not. Surely they're behind a fence. They're not. That's madness. I mean, the fields are going to be big, and the the idea is we're going to move them before um before apartments so that they're not going to interfere. But yeah, anyway. So that's uh, and I'm also uh, yeah I'm on the risk assessment for that. So looking forward to that one. Um, but that being said, the soft the soft cows really are just curious and um they probably will like try and walk up to a crowd of people. So that's what we kind of need to try and avoid. But anyway, so that was an interesting evening. Um, and then after some cow mush training for a sports massage therapist and coach, the next morning I was uh, back at uni doing a business degree. So I had to get up early on Thursday morning. I'm so proud of myself. I did 10.2 miles, 707 pace at what, like, Seven in the morning. Seven oh eight, yeah. It was horrible. Just horrible. Just hate. Your first mile getting out at seven eleven is the most impressive thing I've seen you do in a long while. Yeah, because I was like, I was basically trying to do what Josh does, knowing full well I'm gonna get nowhere six minutes and me running really hard first thing in the morning is gonna be like a seven minute mile. It worked. But yeah, horrible. Hate running runs, need to do more of them. Friday, all day at uni again. And for a bit of context, I, I knew I was going to be at a wedding on Saturday down in London. So I was like, probably try and get my long run done on Friday night after uni. So I did. So the plan was to do like two hours, 15, just easy long. And Tom wanted to do like sort of 90 minutes of it. What? I mean, let's, let's, let's just rewind. All day at uni, Friday night, he started his run at 4.30 people. Don't listen to him. Night time, <laughs> yeah, but it go it went on to like past seven, which is nice. That's fine. It finished fine. at night time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, I I did get actually a little bit moaned at for leaving uni early, but I had my stuff done, so I had a run to do. Um. I yeah. So so I did nine minutes easy with Tom, and then he finished, and I actually felt pretty good. And plus, Tom was also like, oh, I think you're going to be in good shape, you know, like after you're doing you've done. So it's kind of like, I'd my ego stroked a little bit. Was feeling good about myself. Actually felt pretty good running. So I was like, right, I know what I'll do. I'll I'll do a pickup to marathon pace. So I, I think Tom maybe did just under 90 minutes. I'm not sure. So I waited until I got to an hour 35. I was like, right, I'll do 20, 20 minute pickup. However, this uh, you can rinse me for this because this is not practicing my breach. At one hour, 34 and 40 seconds, I decided, no, I'm going to try a session. So I thought I could do four minutes, three minutes, two minute, one minute times two. So two sets of that and try and just keep under five minute miling around a shitty loop in my mileage shoes. Bear in mind, I've done like no running at five minute miling in like the past like half a year. Um. So I did my first four minutes, looked down after two minutes and saw and my watch is not normally generous. So, but again, as Josh says, take us a pinch of salt. Sometimes it will be generous. Sometimes it won't. But look down 
and I saw like 4.43 pace, average pace for the two minutes. I'm like, oh, I feel great. I'll just keep this going. I ran 4.53 pace for that first four minutes and that body bagged me. I did not recover from that. The next three minutes was well hard, did 5.04 pace. The next two minutes was mostly downhill and I did uh, 5.05 pace. The final minute, I managed 4.45 pace, trying to wake my legs up. The, the next four minutes, granted, it was going back uphill. I say uphill on an incline, was 5.24 pace. And my legs had absolutely gone. I was com- I was just done. So I managed to force out the three minutes, which was mostly on a on a downhill again, at five sixteen pace. And then I managed one minute of the two minutes in five twenty seven pace. And I was like, I'm just going to do another lap as a jog, cool down or whatever. I was absolutely dead. And then I had all my coaching work to do because I knew I was going to be away for the weekend. So I didn't really make the Friday night very nice. That being said, 20.43 miles done, 6.43 average pace. I got in some hard work on tired legs, very, very, very tired legs. So I was still quite, still feeling proud of myself. So the wedding on Saturday. So that's the end of my week, basically 63.62 miles. Um, But the original plan, I was going to run twice on Sunday, try and sort of, um, see if I could get like 75 miles in or something for the week with a rest day because I knew Saturday was going to be a rest day so I was down in London for a wedding and sometimes he listens Sean Patterson and um, we I, 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 just, I drove down parts parts near the uh, near the reception venue so I could sort of like leave and walk straight to my car and drive home so the plan was to drive home you know like 11 at night or something I figured I'd rather do it all in one day, sleep on my own bed, get up in the morning and best chance of getting some work done and getting some runs done. So I was proud of myself. I mean, it's the first time I've ever been to a wedding and been sober. Um, so I obviously didn't get drunk, stayed well under the limit, had a double espresso just before I left so to wake me up for the journey or to keep myself awake. Got to my car and it wouldn't unlock. So it's a bit, a bit weird. Tried it a few times. Battery must be dead or something on the, in the remote. So I used the little manual key, unlocked my driver's door, and then the alarm started going off. It's like, oh, right, this hasn't happened before. Happened before. It's a bit shit. Put my foot on the brake, press the ignition. Nothing happened. It's like, ah, okay, this isn't ideal. Rang up BMW Assist, to which she said, went for all the usual protocol. Nothing happened. She's like. You're probably better off calling someone out who's near London. Um, so I got on the phone to a um to a local recovery driver. He's like, Yeah, it'll be 120 pound call call out fee, and we'll see if it's your car battery and see if we can get your car started. Uh 40 minutes later, Big Albert turns up. Not the car battery, couldn't get the car started. His advice to me was he's like, Do you have any friends in London? And I was like, for fuck's sake. So there's me. I called back up the groom um, of the wedding. It was battered. I was like, this is about an hour after I left. In fact, probably more than an hour after I left. I was like, are you still about? Um, I need somewhere to stay. My car won't start. So I stayed on his sofa. Um, didn't really get any sleep. 
and just panicking, thinking, my car is stuck in this car park. It won't start. You couldn't get a recovery truck into the car park anyway. Even if you could, I don't know how it would get moved. Then it would need towing back to Lincoln from the middle of London. I didn't have like breakdown. I don't think I've got breakdown cover or anything like that. I was just like, this is going to be an awful, awful Sunday. Or my change of clothes, I mean, like, well, that I drove down in was locked in my boot. Couldn't get in the boot. So I'm still in my suit from the wedding day after rough because I've slept on a sofa or well, not slept on a sofa looking and probably smelling like death, looking like I'm probably doing a walk of shame. But I had, I was like, right, I've got one last hurrah in me before I concede to paying out thousands and, and having an awful, awful day. So I thought, I wonder if it is the remote control, the the you know the the key fob for my car. It's been as obviously we've said, and Aaron's clarified. It's been very humid, which means on runs I've been very sweaty. So I thought, right, uh, screw fix opened at nine a.m. I will go to screw fix, get a battery for my uh, for my key fob, and hope to God that that it's that. Long story short, well, still long. When I got there, changed the battery in the key fob and it started. And I've never been so happy to be on the A1 in my life. And I hate that road. So I get back to Lincoln a couple of hours later. <clears throat> no sleep. Like I might as well have just got battered and stayed down and drank. So the moral of the story is don't ever do the sensible thing. And that's why you pay them. I generally don't, Shane, don't worry. <laughs> right, well, let's go. Let's run through my week quickly. I think I got the most miles out. I did 75. What did you do, Josh? I think I was 74. 74 point what? Uh, well, you um, didn't make the Strava leaderboard. I'm on I the... seven... No, sorry, I was 73.4. You're not on the Strava leaderboard, mate. Oh, 73.3. 74.7, so I beat you by a mile and a half. Um, so let me just click on the right screen. Money uh, but, 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 oh, when, when I was running with Josh Grace, I didn't record it because it was too slow. Yeah, don't care. I'm not sure. <laughs> right, Monday morning. I'd obviously done the really long run the day before, so just wary of keeping it easy. So I did 45 minutes. 909. I think I'd actually again Eliza woke up early, so done some work and then gone out for a run a bit later than planned. But I just pretty much tried to keep on some flat. So six and a half miles, seven fifteens. In the evening, I thought I'd go on the grass. So just did a few laps of the cricket pitch, 30 minutes, seven oh ones. This one was a bit of a struggle. I just felt tired. I was going to do some strides. I just knew from a mile that that wasn't going to happen. So just got four and a half miles done. So that's 11 mile Monday. Solid start. Um, Tuesday just did, actually, I, I had a busy day actually in the office and I 
was putting off this run for so long and I was actually pleased myself to get on the treadmill. And like Josh, I watched the last two episodes of Top Boy um, on this run. I was, I think I'd already started the second. Anyway, for those of you, no spoilers, but the ending was absolutely abysmal. I wasn't happy. So Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, so yeah, no spoilers. Anyway, um, I, I, yes. I can't believe I can't believe Lloyd ended up running the gang. <laughs> yeah, seventy minutes. Say less. Say less. Seventy minutes. <laughs> um, six fifty eight, ten miles on the treddy. So, actually, didn't feel too bad on that one. More recovered than I thought it would be. Wednesday, I was going to do a session before picking up Eliza sort of got out a little bit later than planned. I think my call finished it. I got changed. You know when you have those work calls and you get changed on it? Josh must do it all the time. No, he doesn't because he doesn't. I got changed on the work call and so I was ready to go out the door as soon as it finished. Um, Three and a half mile jog down to cricket pitch. I had planned for some sort of two minutes on, one minute off started the first lap of the cricket pitch and my legs just had no real like pop in them so it was pretty pedestrian so I just thought I'm just going to carry this on because my heart rate wasn't that high so I, I didn't I kind of worked up to threshold I just couldn't get it was one of those days where I couldn't get above threshold I think my legs were still pretty tired from that Sunday before anyway I did 20 lap tempo so 25.40, which is 5.08s every four laps. I think a month or so ago, I did about 5.20s for four laps. So some solid progression there. Pretty pleased with how that went. Then I uh, finished it off with 5 by 30 seconds. Um, just elongated strides, really, to be honest. Then I only managed 8 minutes 50 of a cool down. So I did the John Beatty call down just 1.2 miles just to the nursery, got collected by Jenny and then went home. Thursday, I had a strategy day in the office. And this time I got home and didn't get off the sofa. So Thursday was a day off. Friday, because I had that day off, I thought I need to get some miles in and I was going to try and double, but it got to gone 12. I was like, I'm not going to get double in now. So I thought I'd try and do 12, 13 miles. It got, I think it was a little bit warm on, warm on Friday at lunchtime. And I went up a few hills and it, it drained me, but I did 11.75 miles, 659s. I'd say a few hills thrown in, but it probably was a bit too much. Um, or I tried to run a little bit too. I wanted to not really jog it <laughs> and I just couldn't get going. Um, Saturday morning, I met up with James Gelsworp for a marathon session. We had planned six, well, four, four miles of six and a half K warm up and cool down. And then the session was six K, five K, four K off two K easy. And this really was an intro into marathon sessions. So I didn't 
ever envisage hitting the 2Ks at any sort of pace or what to jog them. Um, and I had no idea what pace I was going to run. So James sort of said he would try and hang on at the start. So we started 6K and I started downhill for the first K. And honestly, for the first mile, I thought I was back in under sub 220 shape. I was cruising and I got to about halfway at sort of 525 pace, feeling pretty good. And then it just kind of bit a bit of 4K. Oh, actually, we turned, there was a stretch of about a mile into the wind and it just, yeah, it got a little bit harder than it should have. I also think the signal drops out down there because each time we ran down there, yes, it was into the wind, but I went from like a 525 to a 537. And I didn't really feel like I'd slowed down. So maybe a bit of signal issue. But anyway, um, so the reps, 6K I did at 530 pace. The 5K I did at 533. Now, I had to stop on this one at 4K because I got a sharp stitch. So I stopped for 15 seconds. James came past and then I just went past him and and then <laughs> finished off for a K. So it went, I think it was, I took a gel after the 6K. I've got the high five gels and I don't know if it sat too well. I'm just not used to them. Anyway, um, the 4K, I'd had enough of the wind. So I planned it that we got a tailwind for the last sort of mile instead of finishing off into the wind. So we got back to 528 pace on that one. So around 530 average for each of the blocks, which is solid enough. Um, and the two Ks in between were really slow. Like I didn't pay any attention. I wait basically what I did was I finished my rep, kind of ran five seconds past where I finished, stopped, walked back, waited for James to finish his rep, then we just jogged together. So we started. So we were never that far apart. So we just sort of made the 20 miles a little less lonely. The cool down on this was horrific. We went up a hill and we needed to do like two miles out, obviously, to make it four miles. And we hit 1.8 miles and you go over a railway line and it was touch and go. We thought if we turn around we're not going to do more than three and a half miles because we'll stop at the car. But obviously we went over the train line and Josh knows the train lines around there. They're the main, main East coast line. And we had a solid 10 minute wait, sort of two and a bit miles into the cool down. So 18 miles into this run, I did not want to get going again, put it that way. Um, so yeah. Josh will remember the helps and days where we used to, uh, you can do it you can now hour run in two hours mm. i loved it but solid enough session uh chris perry wasn't too happy with me using metrics so next week i'm back to imperial so um yeah i took that feedback on board chris so Aaron, is that the is that the session we did that time with that unbelievable one-way tailwind no it would have been long we would have done like 10k 6k 4k or something like that or 10k 5k 3k 10 5 uh, similar though yeah this was oh God, well i say an intro but then when i was in it i was like it's still 15k of 
marathon effort. And I did try to run them. I think the difference is this time, and I was saying to James, oh, at the moment, is it feels easier than marathon effort for the first half of the rep. And then it goes quickly the other way. Whereas when you're fit and like you just take for granted, you sort of get into that marathon effort zone and your, your effort wouldn't really change. You just churn it out for whatever block you needed to do. Whereas now it, yeah, if you go a little bit too hard, like we did in the first mile and like Shane experienced on his reps, it does bite quite quickly. Um, so you just got to be a little bit careful, I think, in these early days. Sunday, I did 18 minutes. So Steve wanted, Steve Robinson wanted 13 miles. So he jogged from Wittering to meet me um, just off day one. I did a mile just before he came because I didn't want to have that first like 400 meters where there's me kind of walking and he's already done three miles into the run. So, so yeah, we did 11 miles, 7.34, hour 23. Um, I think we, we moaned about various things throughout. I haven't ran with Steve on this route since COVID time. So it's good to have him back. Um, and yeah, we discussed many, many things about local running, which, um, yeah, is the sort of thing I like to moan about. So that was good. Um, what well, I would say one of the things you like to moan about. <laughs> one of them. Anyway, so that was 75 miles. I missed a few doubles, obviously missed a run. So a little bit less than I was hoping for originally. But I'd say finally I'm able to do 60, 70 minute runs and they're not, they didn't feel long anymore. They kind of feel back to like a normal, easy run. Um, there was a period where 60 minute run, 60 minutes easy was not 60 minutes easy. It was kind of, yeah, steady in terms of effort. So fitness, I think, is slowly coming and I've had a decent start to this week. So 12 weeks to Malaga, boys. It's coming around fast. It is. And I, I kind of keep looking at the pace charts and keep realising how fast some of these paces are. I've sort of gone from looking at 220 type paces to what I'm used to, to then 222, and I'm like, that's a bit quick. 224, mm, it's a bit quick. 530 is a bit quick. So, yeah, um, we will see. But, uh, okay, I've got a target for you, Aaron, 12 weeks out. Can you run faster? Mike Channon's time in London 2020 or 2019. It's funny because that exact thing on that 5k rep when I stopped for a few seconds, that exact thing came into my head because obviously I set him that plan when he ran the time and I was in Thailand on honeymoon at the time and he was not in any shape at the start of that 12 week block. <laughs> he was <laughs> spherical. Yeah. Spherical, which is a shape. But, um, so, that did give me hope. That's the sort of hope that I needed. But anyway, um, that was my week. Uh, should we get a Strava leaderboard? Yeah. So first thing I would say on the Strava leaderboard, pick the guy on the top. Unless he's dropped from the, what is it? The space shuttle thing. I tried to With his Garmin on. Um, nah, get, get him out. He's averaged 24 seconds a mile. 
Yeah, it's quick, isn't it? <laughs> so, top, we'll give in to Jasper. McDowell, he's back. 126.8 miles. Jake Barraclough is still up there. He's he's banging some mileage. 124.6. And James McDonald, 123.9. Yeah. And then on the, the women's... James, yeah. James sub-seven-minute average. Impressive. Good. Uh, on the women's, we've got Christine Watermelon, 94.4. Sally O'Gorman started a taper. Oh, wow. Well, Probably more than started, 88.9. And in third place, Jade do, we reckon, do we reckon Tris Christian is a man or a woman? Man, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, what, we'll what, go what with. Position, what position are they in? 39. There's one a couple higher than the person you just said. I'm, I'm looking on their profile. Anyway, Jade, Jade Morgan was 82.8. Um, yeah, it's, it's a man. So yeah, Jade, Jade, uh, that. So what I noticed is, unless you're running 120 plus, well, 121 miles a week, you won't make the top five. And in if you're running less than 100 miles a week, you're not making the top 17. That's pretty good going. It is. Um, yeah, some big, some big miles on that. Sorry, I was just trying to get on our. Our, ins- our list of questions while we're doing that. Um, let's go to... I actually put a picture of the shoes up. We'll come to those in a bit. Um, anyway, first question comes in from... Who should we go with? Beer and marathon running. If you're doing doubles, is it best to do the session in the morning or the evening? What do you think, Shane? Well, it's probably preference of uh, if you like to, to run in the morning or not. I'm always going to stay a session in the evening, but because I don't like doing sessions in the morning. Depends what time you can do it in the morning. If you can, but I think. Yeah. What I will say when when we've been on um, when we've been on like warm weather training trips and you do your session at like yeah like ten in the morning. I did much prefer doing my session first and then like a a four to six mile in the evening. I found that easier, but it's not realistic when you're working. Not for me. Yeah, it is realistic for me because I just tend to manage my hours more effectively than you, Shane. So I much prefer doing session and then doing 30 minutes easy in the evening. Um, All right. Second question, Ben Lloyd, what's more effective in your opinion? 10 miles a day in singles or a six and a four double? Well, it's, it is 10 miles a day in singles. I'm with I'm with Shane. Not an yeah. opinion, it's fact. <laughs> yeah, I think we've spoke about it before. So I think that the, the um, opposite side of the argument, if anyone wants to dig up the lecture on message boards, go refer to Summer, Summer of Malmo. And he used to advise doubles, even if it was two, three mile doubles, was better than anything. Just double all the time. Uh, um, prick then, isn't he? I can't remember his reasoning. Um, all right. So um, this shoe, this Alexander shoe has come out. We'll come into it in a second. Are you going to get it, Josh? Is 
I, I want to. Yeah, if I can get hold of a pair, I'll definitely be getting one. Okay. Um, what 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 I don't uh, yeah we'll go into when we when we go into the details. And it looks nice, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, I'm just gonna flick through. What well, whilst you're doing that, I did notice. I was gonna say, I'll oh, kick this person because they've only posted one thing on the leaderboard. It actually happened to be my dad, but actually, it was the only run he did, and it was a beer mile. <laughs> it's quite funny. Okay, um, I just got a question. We've got one in our DMs here. I'll just do this one. I've not actually read it yet, so let's read it live on air. Francesco from Watto. If you miss your time and goal by a few minutes in your first attempt at the marathon, after an appropriate recovery, should you start your new training block for your second marathon with a faster time goal or still your old time goal since you missed it? Josh would always get I think it depends because I think it depends why you didn't hit it. If there was an injury or if you went off too high, no, don't go faster. That would be, I think, silly. But if you, for example, in blocks like Seville, for example, when I did that and I didn't run what I wanted to run and my next marathon I would have probably tried to go faster, but I think I was in quite a lot better shape. So in that situation, I would say yes. But so I think it's individual. But generally, I would say probably not. I would say you should at least try and hit the time you want to run first time. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, We've got loads of news to go through, so I'll leave the questions for that and I'll go for some others next week when I've read them properly. Um, I did want to have a bit of a moan. I, we've got this down as Strava moan of the week. It's kind of more social moan of the week. And I've said to Shane, I need to come off Strava and Instagram because I don't know, maybe the algorithm has just got me at the moment, but it's winding me up no end. There's too many things that are annoying me when I don't... I go on them with the intention of just feeling absolutely fine and I come away annoyed, so I need to come off them. Um and the one thing I've seen of late is is that I don't mind people leaving comments on their, their own Stravas. I do it just mainly for reference for this show, just so I know what I've done. I don't mean mind people describing a run. That's all fine. I, I saw a post this week, not naming any names, where they listed, I think, six marathons they're going to do in the next eight weeks all of which had pretty severe like compared to this person's pb they were all pretty close to that pb and i just thought i put money on you not doing zero out of six of those so be a bit more realistic people in what you're saying not going to happen is it my my first question would be why yeah exactly it's just can a, you tell can you message me who this person is because I'm, I'm intrigued it's just a it's it's all for clicks and for yeah show and it's it's that's all everything is nowadays i yeah. hate it it's yeah frustrating that's my rant should we get some news um right first things first world cross country is has been postponed i don't know if you saw this 
So the race was yeah, in Croatia um, in in January, I think it was. And they're, they're now looking for a new home after Croatia pulled out. They hadn't prepared sufficiently. Um, so do we think they're going to find a home for it in February or do you think it's just going to be canned? I reckon probably canned. Yeah. This this year at least. There's not many places that can do it at that short notice, I don't think. Um I mean, what do you need? A field. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? Um probably a nice little seat for Seb Co to sit on. But anyway, let's go to the Adidas shoe we were just talked about. So Adidas unveiled a new shoe which is forty percent lighter than their previous road racing models. Uh, the Adi Zero Adidas Pro Evo 1 is 138 grams and could make an impact as soon as the Berlin Marathon, which is this weekend. Do you think we're going to see people in it on Sunday? Oh, there's definitely people in it. Charlie, heard you? But, um, I don't know. I, I, so I saw something that was limited to like three or four pairs in Europe. Um, you would think Charlie can get a pair, but I don't know. I don't know how she couldn't get them for the Great North. I saw that because only Jeff Churchill was wearing them. Um, but you would be surprised if there's a couple of really good uh, African Adidas sponsored athletes on that start list. So I would be very surprised. I actually had the start list. Bear with me a second because I can probably is, is, is it is it Asefa? Asefa is she? Start list of Berlin, yeah, it's Asefa, yeah, two fifteen girl. You would be, I'd be gobsmacked if she's not in them. Yeah. Do you think this is? Um, do you remember like years ago, Adidas since highly Gavish Lassie always pride used to pride themselves on having the marathon world record, didn't they? Yeah. I think this is their attempt to get back at Nike and try and try and get it back, basically. I mean, to be honest, the brand that size that should be what they're aiming for, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, they always used to do it with the Adios, didn't they? They brought out the Adios in the first place for Heidi Gabriel Selassie. It was always the big thing that that was going to be the marathon world record shoe. Then they yeah. then they brought out, they brought out the sub two shoe just before the the Vaporfly, which was like the opposite direction. Yeah, I I I love that, but not for marathon. <laughs> so I tell you, who definitely will be in it is um, Petros, the German, because he's been testing it. Um, so, I'd be surprised if Asefa is isn't, and I mean you would think they'd put Kip Ruto in it, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I've not mentioned the main part about the shoe. So it's five hundred pounds, is it, or five hundred? I think it's four. I think it's four hundred pounds. Okay. So yeah, four hundred pounds, but it only lasts one marathon, and maybe a little trial beforehand. So yeah, I, I mean, I saw this, and people were like, oh my god, that's terrible. I'm not being funny. I do that in all of my shoes. Do you not? I would never do two marathons in a pair of Vaporflies. Um, true, but I would do training sessions in mine. See, I would wear them after in training sessions. Yeah, yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I get that. That's what I'm saying. So, but you're I not... don't think that's that bad. What? So if it if it lasts fifty k and it's so it's what ten dollars a k? Is that right? It's five hundred. Yeah, but if you're paying for, for you're paying for performance, it doesn't matter. Where does if it's quicker, go? it doesn't matter. 
Where does yes. this go though? Where does it go? Do we do we end up with like a two grand shoe that's going to guarantee you a, a like? A... You might get back down to two sixteen at this rate. And, and the fact is, it might be performance, <laughs> but like before super shoes kicked off, there was a big pushback for any massive advantages in shoe technology. It's only it's only happening because it was Nike in the first place. There's always a big pushback for these. So in for that amount of money more than what you pay for an Alpha Fly or or a traditional carbon shoe, if you are paying for performance, I do agree with you, but the performance has to be huge. It's a bit like getting a pair of cars on a bike. And if the performance is huge, it will get canned by the IAAF because it won't be fair. So Yeah, that's true. We also though haven't seen the price for the Alpha Fly three yet. But good point. It won't yeah. it won't if it's if it meets the, the rules of stack height, then they can't ban it. I don't think it matters. Yeah. yeah but they'll find it. Yeah, I would say I bet they would say it's not um I don't like Shane said it's not there for everybody's I mean I mean to be honest, if you can get hold of a pair, fair enough, pay what you want. Wow. Well, <laughs> so I think it's gonna be pretty hard. Imagine by November there's gonna be a much bigger drop of them. So um yeah. anyway, let's go. So Diamond League final was on and I mean I didn't see any of this. Did you see any, Josh? Ah, uh, so the Saturday I watched on I won't say illegal, but a stream which I didn't have access or the rights to. So I, I was trying to watch it with a box over the top because they stopped the viewing for copyright reasons midway through. It was pretty terrible. Like I, I just don't understand why it wasn't on BBC. So Sunday it was. Um you watched but, the battle. Yeah, Baron Mile was on Saturday, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, that was that was impressive. So Jakob Ingebrigtsen um took the win in three forty three point seven three, um just ahead of Yarrod de Goose, who was also three forty three point nine seven, which was nearly three seconds faster than the American record from Alan Webb in two thousand and seven, um, and. You look further down the list and George Mills, 347 for third. I think that puts him, I had it on it somewhere. Is it I think it's third or something. So he's just behind Steve Crabb and Sebco. Um, yeah, astonishing times in that mile. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean... More, we'll just go skip to the the men's three thousand. It was the next day because impressively, Jakob was back, and he took the win again in seven twenty three. So he's backed up his three forty three mile with a seven twenty three, almost two mile the next day, which is crazy. When especially when you consider that's the third fastest in history. So only point six behind El Garouge's second fastest and Dan Coleman's 720 being the quickest. Um, and yeah, I think further down the list, which I might have not screenshot, there was, yeah, fast times all the way down the list. So, Do yeah. you know the, my highlight in that 3K? Lewis Grahalva broke 730 in a T-shirt. Incredible. Well, I... <laughs> yeah. He's the, great. That's like what Aaron would look like if he ran. <laughs> the, I did see Kajelcha wasn't too pleased about them changing to a 3K from a 5K because he felt that gave him less chance. And even more confusing to me was 
Jakob Ingebrigtsen didn't qualify for the Diamond League final, so he got a wild card spot. So I don't quite understand this Diamond League final thing because we'll come to it in 800 as well. They were just inviting people, so I don't really understand the whole concept of it, to be honest. But anyway, let's just go to go back a day to the um, women's 1500 where Faith, K- Faith Kipyagon again dominated with a, a 350.72. Um, she now owns five of the top 10 fastest 1500 times in history. Lua Muir second, 355, and Melissa Courtney Bryant, 359. So Brits in second and third there. Women's 800. Um, Aything Mew, as I said, took the win, even though she'd not raced in any Diamond Leagues before this. So they actually gave her the Diamond League final trophy, of which is actually Achilles. So somebody, somebody somewhere's got this marketing a little bit wrong, I think. But um, the times, again, were phenomenal. Mew ran 154.97 to break the American record. Keely Hodgkinson took half a second off her own British record for 155.19. So um, Mary Moore was back in fourth in that one. So again, it, it sort of shows when you go to Diamond League, it's completely different racing to the to the champs, isn't it? And in the past, you'd you'd often have the championship races, and then the diamond leagues after the champs would be a lot worse. There'd sort of be people finish their seasons, but people have seemingly got faster after the champs this year. So I don't know what it is. Is it spikes? Is it other things? Something's something's contributing to this rather than just depth of people. Is it? It must be something technical what are you trying to say aaron well no i just say it's a it's the spikes is it not it must be that's allowing people to run for a bigger period of time and quicker yeah probably on the trainers because if you think like even mileage shoes are like quite chunky now and you don't get the fatigue in your legs like you used to yeah i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying something it must be it must be that it can't be there's too many people doing it for it to be a coincidence um because when we come to the the women's 5000 Sergei um broke for the women's world record nearly broke 14 minutes so around 14.21 um for to not five seconds off off the world record um and I feel like I've skipped over another race. Was there something else on in the event I've missed? Or was that it? Must be it. But yeah, I think there was the steeplechase on, but I haven't got the results in front of me. Um, just want to make sure that I've got all the British results in there. I did have it open earlier. Yeah, actually, in the in the 3,000 steeple, um, the main two were missing, weren't they? So they've obviously made yeah. it. Yeah, Albuquerque couldn't get, in the, couldn't get a visa. I was that I think graham has got a little bit of a niggle. Okay. Right. Going on to a race that Josh did watch, Copenhagen Half. Um, did you get a good recording of this one? Yeah, this one was good actually. Um it was it was quite a good race as well, to be fair. The I think it was career booted it. Trying 
I'm trying to remember exactly where. I mean, in the after halfway, but not too close to the finish. And then King Chez just chased him down the whole way. And then he caught him probably 50 to 100 meters from the finish. Um, so the chase was really, really good. So you mean Coetch, not Career, right? Oh, sorry, Coetch. There you go. Yeah, so Ed Cheswick took the win, um, 59-11 from Bernard Coetch, 59-13. Top six was inside the hour. On the women's, Irene Chepdai took the win in 65-53. Um, Winfred Mosetti, 66-40 for second. And further down the list, from a British perspective, Emil Caress um, ran 60-52, 20 seconds short of his PB. He's building up to Valencia, right? Um, I don't know, actually. I think he is. I'm pretty sure he's in Valencia. Um, Ellis Cross, it says 61-48. Oh, is that right? I thought it was 64. I'm I didn't sure. actually see Ellis. Oh, I, saw, not... I, saw, I hadn't seen him in the results, only on his B-roll. I'm not convinced, unless it was Big Car. Not entirely convinced that uh, it may be right. Um, but on the women's side, Lily Partridge, 70 36, she was just short of her, her PB. Um, Mari McLennan, 71 18, and Philly Bowden, 72 39. Into Wales, Swansea 10k. Um, it looked like it was a pretty wet one. On the women's, uh, Cali Fakre took a win in 32 19. Um, Jenny Nesbitt second, 33 41, and Carol Edwards third. On the men's side, Kadar Omar to win in 29 44 from Dylan Evans in 29 49, and Dowry Griffiths 29 54 for third. Um, Dowry's home race, he must have won that a few times. Uh, he loves the local race, yeah. Um, it did look pretty wet though for Swansea, yeah. The, the weather was horrendous here on Sunday. Battersea 5K uh, or Friday night under the lights. Uh, Adam Clark took the win in 14-12. He's doing a pacing job on Sunday, I see. Don't know who he's pacing on the men's front, but he's in the, in the men's paces. And Maddie Jordan-Lee, 16-15, took the women's win. Um, quickly, able to mention Sydney Marathon. Uh, Betsy Siner. Osana uh, took the win in 2.26.47, six seconds ahead of Rama Tusa, um, Gladys Chesser third. And on the men's side, El Gormi took the win in 2.08.20, ahead of Kenya's Kipton Getch and Ethiopia's Mola. There was pretty warm conditions. Josh, you weren't too happy about the course at Sydney. To say the least. What yeah, I'm gonna. Get, I'll probably end up getting a load of shit from the Australians, but I cannot believe that this is going to be a major marathon. Uh, the course. I mean, I watched this. Uh, he won't care. I'll say. Me and Josh Griffiths watched this in the evening, and he was as amazed as I was when we saw that. Half the road in places was just like missing or like massive potholes. It was so narrow in places. Um, like the the actual road. Um, where they're running and you're sort of running out and back you had men from the elite group going on the wrong side of the road to grab water bottles 
the first drink station was immediately after a 90 degree blind bend so a couple of the guys were like ah oh, shit basically missed it um and then even like by the waterfront the course was so so now i honestly i couldn't believe how many people they were sending around that course yeah so um I and listen. the wheelchair got sent the wrong way at the end. Yeah, if you want to listen to it, the inside running boys recapped uh, Julian Spence ran and he recaps and Brady Pace, they recap it. Apparently, if it is made a major, they're going to potentially change up some of those bike paths to go on the road. So some of those yeah. will be improved. Oh, um, the one thing I didn't mention is how many 180 degree turn, uh, corners there were. If you yeah. look on the course map, there's like eight 180 um, corners. I mean, imagine that. I mean, like any from 10 miles into a marathon, I would not be pleased about. But, but there was there's some like 20 plus miles in. You need to do Milton Keynes half. Oh, no. I think there was about Honestly. five in that. Yeah, horrendous. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't run it, so I don't care, but I, I was surprised. I say, did, uh, sorry, I did see friend of the show Dan Hogg managed to to add a new PB to his power of ten just outside four hours for Hoggy. So yeah, thought he'd give a shout out. Nice one. Is it, this is a man who came up to me in a nightclub at university to tell me he'd beat me in a ten k race? Still waiting for Hoggy. Um, He's much better at Chundamal than he is a marathon. He's much better than me at Chundamal. Right. So Berlin Marathon this weekend. What are we saying? Kipchoge for a win? Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if Kipruso beats him, to be honest. Yeah. Kipruso's PB is two minutes slower than Kipchoge's. It's size. But I would say he's better racer. Do you know what? I think it would depend on the conditions. It's perfect by what I've seen so far uh, yeah. clear I think it's sort of 14 15 degrees very very light winds so looks very good for them at the moment um it also I don't depends, think you can write off Kipchoge ever depends on the, the paces I, I the list of paces is is almost as long as the list of athletes so if you know Elliot's got a load of paces that are going to go faster than maybe Kipruto. I mean, Kipruto is going to go with it, isn't it? But yeah, but you can only have four per group, I think, honey. Three, know. actually. Yeah, I think you can only have three per group. This is why you're the always set. You give us the insights yeah. in elite life. Yeah. So the fourth one, generally, so they always say this at London. If you you'll rarely or you you should never see more than three at the front. And if there's a fourth, they sit at the back and they wait for someone to drop off the group. And if someone doesn't drop off, they have to stay at the back of the group. I would, So I was just looking at this elite start list. 72 on it. 215.30 is the elite cut off by looks of it. 72 on the men's elite start list. Pretty pretty deep. Then they've got sub-elite field as well, which is deep. couple of Brits on there, or Irish Brits. Scullion, he's not racing, is he? I'm not sure. Um, are you where are you where are you looking on this, Aaron? Because I Dave, made the mistake. Dave Monty, American guy from well, pretty well respected American journalist. He posted it on Twitter on X. Oh, I I um, 
Wayne Gepsilati's on there too. He's in pretty good shape, so we'll be surprised to see him run out. He, he, he loves a positive split as well. Yeah. Um, then on the women's side, you've already mentioned Asefa, 215 runner, is the leading female. Um, from a British perspective, Charlie Perdue's um, running, and so is Louise Small. Charlie, what is her PB? Do you know off the top yet? Not to the second, but it's 2.23 and a few seconds. Do you, oh, I, I think she's probably in that shape, do you, do you think? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Based I don't on, think anyone, no, based on great, great North, she ran 6.936, which was only... So when she ran 2.23.26, she ran 68.49 that year. So... Yeah, you know, on a tough day, two twenty three could be in deck two twenty two, maybe. I, I think the the other thing you've got to remember is her PBs at London. Yeah, exactly. Um, so London, it was London in in October that year. She ran it, and she ran Great North at sixty eight forty nine. So, and Great North this year was a lot a lot what. A lot slower than only being 40 seconds slower. So I think she's, yeah, got the potential to do something quite good on on Sunday. So get your trackers on. Um, anything happening in your lives next week, boys? Um, I'm off to Manchester tomorrow to see Alex for a little bit of physio and then straight down to London uh, to the office. That's about it, I think. Um, yeah, not much else. I got stagged at the weekend. Oh, I heard about this. Just doesn't stop for you, Shane. It's a busy month. It's a busy month. <laughs> now, one of your partners in crime is on this stag do. Did he do about 36 miles at the weekend? Oh, yeah, he did the um. The Equinox 24 with a team from work. It's a four-man team. And he uh I was well, I was awake for it. So I was watching as the splits come in, getting slower and slower and slower. But he said they got confused because they do a they do like a standalone 10k, which is so it's a 10k lap and you've got to run it as many times as you can in, in 24 hours. And um he obviously was a part of a team and didn't enter the, the 10k race itself. So Ronnie came through, won the first 10k in 34 minutes, but he said everyone was getting confused because he wasn't on results because he was part of the, part of a team only. So Gemma Steele technically won that first 10k. What was his? So this is Ronnie Wilson. He he goes and runs the first 10k in 34:07, which pretty it's not it's grass and this makes sense actually. Because I had a segment taken because I did this Equinox 24 like oh. maybe 10, 10 years ago and he took my Strava segment. Oh, get oh, it. Josh, so his first lap, 5.35 pace. Lap two, 6.05 pace. This is a few hours later. Lap three, 6.07 pace. Lap four, now at 9.30 at night, 6.36 pace. Lap five, 710 pace then lap six 751 pace so let's say yes. we're around that 459 a.m on sunday morning 
it, do you know what? It is horrendous because I did I, I did similar to him. So I did I'm just looking now, 2014. So I did two laps at 5 30 in the morning. I'd been marshalling all night with my dad. And I did a leg in the evening in the pitch black as well. And honestly, it I why I did it, I don't know. I ran 601s and it's pretty hilly. Yeah, it is. Um, class. Yeah, it's quite quite a funny, uh quite a funny little thing to do. So yeah. He yeah. said he, he was he was meant to do a seventh lap, but oh, okay. he couldn't be asked. He's like, I, he's like, he found the hardest thing stopping. So he's like, I couldn't even just get my legs going again. So it's funny their team like ran like the least amount of time. <laughs> yeah, madness. Um, um, I've I've got a, another long run Sunday. So if anyone's interested, doing about sixteen miles. Easy-ish sevens down to six thirties, six twenties, maybe. Um, another one of my accomplices wants to join you. But yeah, then a change, change of shoes, two by one and a half miles, a marathon effort. So twenty odd mile, twenty one, twenty two, maybe. So get involved. Probably nine o'clock down in Gretford Sunday morning, maybe eight thirty, depending on how early Ben wants to go. So offers there, people. That's it, boys. Speak again next week. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Bye.